This is a Life School Podcast, episode number 181. And today, we're going to discuss whether or not it's actually possible to start and sustain a missional community in every context. Welcome to the Life School Podcast, where each week you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. This is the stuff that your parents, teachers, and pastors forgot to tell you. I'm Heath Hollinsby, here with your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Part of the 12th man. Yeah. Here we are. The cheering was loud this week. First week, first week uh, for the Seahawks, at least, so... Part, glad to be part of the green and the blue, but I'm actually, as maybe I mentioned before, I'm, I'm more of a rugby fan these yeah, days. Yeah, I was going to say, sea wolves. Just, you're more rugby than even football, yeah, and I'm more better, soccer than football. It's the better game, sorry. It's yeah. the better, rugby, better than NFL, better than soccer. Just said it, everybody write in. That's Look, okay. I know Russell Wilson listens every week, so like Russell, <laughs> Russell, we'll I love this. it. I, but, hey, but I actually watch both, right? But I'm just saying, so anyway, go sea wolves, yeah, woo. And okay. Seahawks. Hey, uh, hey I got to say, I love when we get reviews right yeah. and it's fun it's encouraging and especially the bad ones not only <laughs> no <laughs> Call them out. not too many of those but uh yeah we have some uh, reviews to share today yeah we got a we got a, uh, a review from dr rbb second people it's amazing the names that either itunes gives you automatically yeah. or something or people come up with yeah, that's right. Persnickety 105 dot dash slice, you know, slash, slash whatever. <laughs> dot dash slice. I don't know. Uh, Dr. RBB Second says, I love the Life School podcast. The hosts aren't afraid to tackle difficult subjects in a thoughtful and balanced way. They keep things moving, which is great because I have a short commute. And which is funny, <laughs> for those who don't know, we did the 25-minute kind of average yeah. episode because that's the average commute time in America. So we say, give us your commute. Or we used to say that, you know, like. Monday morning, you wake and up. And it's about the average halftime for NFL. So feel free yeah. to catch up on your life school episodes right at halftime. There you go. You okay. don't need the commentary where they just tell you what you saw. No, you need a life school episode. That's what you need in there. Hey, so today uh, <laughs> we're talking about whether or not it's actually possible to start and sustain and carry on a missional community in every context. And this message is coming from uh, some of the Facebook group content conversations yeah. we've had back and forth when we said we're getting ready to, to a do lot a bunch of chatter of, about that yeah right? we said hey we're getting ready to do a, a new batch of episodes and the most common thing people wanted us to talk about was uh different situations of how to start a missional community so like how to do it in a in a community of less than five thousand people in the middle of nowhere how do you do it in a college campus how do you do it here or there and so we just thought why don't we do an episode that says, is it even possible? And like, what are the differences? Yeah. And all that. Yeah. yeah. How do you make it work in every context? And unfortunately, I think, and I, know, I mean, I won't cast any aspersions on any of our listeners or those who wrote that topic, but I, I have been asked that question for years and years over and over. Sure. And unfortunately, too often, what's behind the thing behind the thing on that question is, is it really possible to do this in like a rural setting? Is it really possible to do this in like, uh, you know, like... Uh, suburban you know mm -hmm. everybody just stays in their house with the air conditioning um, what's really behind it is um i don't want to do it and i don't think it'll work yeah. or we tried it and it sucked and that's why so it's really possible you know sure. often unfortunately it, it, it's too much so um is it possible to do missional community in every context yeah let me start out with a definition here okay, okay. missional community is a family of of 
missionary servants, okay, people who understand their identity in Christ, mm-hmm. and they believe that, so they're a family of missionary servants, sent as disciples who make disciples. Then that's a pretty good definition of the church, by the way, but would it be possible, just to back that question up, would it be possible to be a Christian in any context? Huh. And we'll just say to, to our listeners, your context. So I'm not, I'm not looking for an argument of like, well, there's these tribes where, you know, like I understand sure. there's persecution. I'm not talking about that. Yeah. Where you're sitting today, if you're listening to a podcast, chances yeah. are no one's threatening your life. So is it possible to be a Christian, a family of missionary servants? That's who God says we are, right? right? Who make disciples? Uh, the answer would have to be yes. Yeah. Okay, so is that possible to believe your identity and then live that out in community with others? Yeah, it is. And I think it bears repeating again here, the definition of discipleship that we often use here on Life School. Discipleship's the process of helping people move from unbelief to belief in every area of life. Yeah, in every area of life, according to the gospel. So unbelief in what's true about God and myself and how I get to live to belief about what's true about God and myself and how we get to live because of Christ. That's yeah. that's what discipleship is. So is that possible to help people move from unbelief to belief in absolutely every context? Yeah, yeah, totally. it really is. Yeah. It really is. And now what people are maybe really asking is some of the rhythms of life and community don't seem to work very well where I'm at. And I just, I, you know, <laughs> I want to say that like when we first started like quote doing the missional thing, you know, when we were sure. early church plant in 04, first Soma starting up, all that stuff. As soon as we had some life growth multiplication happening, people said, well, I'm sure that that's great there over in the Pacific Northwest, you know, it's a little more urban, blah, blah, blah. It'll never work over here in this context, sure. fill in the blank. And we heard that everywhere we went. We heard that in Poland. We heard it in Philly. We heard it in Florida. We heard it on farms. We heard it, you know, and it, and the truth of the matter is, is it works anywhere because the spirit of God is in his people and God's really, really clear on his, his eternal plan to fill the world with his glory. And how do we do that? By making disciples, helping people move from unbelief to belief so that the world becomes full of Jesus, basically, who he is and what he's like through our lives, through our our family, living like God's family. Is that possible everywhere? Yes. Might it look different? We'll talk about that in a little sure. while. Everywhere? Yeah, it yeah. might. It but might. It is in possible. fact, next week, we're going to talk about what he actually do. Like We're talking more like conceptually right now, but we'll even get down to what do you physically actually, come on, tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So like you said, you've traveled the world. I've been around the world as well. You've seen you know, coming from Chicago, being here in Washington. Uh, Training, though, everywhere. I mean, how, oh, yeah. I don't All know how many place, cities, right? 35 countries, I, I don't something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, give us some ideas as to how missional communities might look and act differently in a few of the different contexts that you've worked in. What do you see that's the same across the board? What's different? Maybe shed some light into that. Great. Great. Well, first I'm going to say is people are people. Yeah. So what I, and this, these are my beliefs. Okay. So you're listening to our podcast. So <laughs> that's what you get today. Um, but I, I believe people are people. And what I have found is the, the same, the same stuff in our hearts, our human hearts, our fear of man, our love of self, our unbelief of what's true of God and what he's actually accomplished at the cross for us and our authority, our privilege, all that stuff. That's kind of universal. Hmm. Now it manifests itself, Heath, in some different ways. Okay, right. But in other words, someone in a rural setting who has maybe a quote unquote slower pace to their life, it's more sure. seasonally tied because maybe they're agriculturally based for their income and all. Right. Will that love of self, fear of man, unbelief in God, and all that he's done in every area of their life, 
in, through, in, through the work of Christ, will it manifest, manifest itself differently than, say, someone who lives in Manhattan and mm. works a very, very high-stress, like, say, job in, as a commodities trader? And a, you know, yeah, sure. it will. But are the exact same freakouts and desires and needs for companionship and acceptance and grace and all that, are they there? Absolutely. Yeah, they really, really are. And so that's why I say people are people. And what I have found is so much of what keeps us from making disciples, that's the purpose of a missional community. The mission is only and always make disciples. So when we say missional community, it's people who are intentionally committing to live as a family on mission together, i.e. the mission of making disciples. So what keeps us from that anywhere and everywhere is all the same things. And, And why it works anywhere and everywhere is the exact same reason as when we begin to live in light of belief. God's our dad. Okay, so we get to live as a family. I don't have to impress my family. Dad loves us all the same. I don't have to earn anything. All, all those things have to change, right. and that's everywhere. So we, like I said, we started this kind of life and started multiplying out communities here in the Pacific Northwest, Tacoma, somewhat of an urban setting, but sure. kind of a city of neighborhoods, right? Yep. But then it made it up to the big city, up to Seattle and down to Portland. And then it was happening in a whole bunch of Southern cities, hmm. both super rural and sort of more suburban, you know? Yeah. And then once it was there, I remember, you know, back um, about five, six years ago now, people saying this this would never work in New York. It's way too busy. It'll certainly never work in Manhattan. And then God gave Tina and I the opportunity to move there. <laughs> Guess what? And train a whole lot of people yeah. and live that way and try to live that way. And guess what? It, it was actually never easier because people <laughs> are the mission. Make yeah. disciples who make disciples. That's the mission. So anywhere you have people, it's going to be the same. But the rhythms looked pretty differently. Mm. Like In other words, like I remember when we th- in, in Manhattan when T and I threw our first happy hour to try to get to know our brand new neighbors. We'd just been there, like I don't know, a week or two, right? Okay. Only knew two people <laughs> at that point. So we invited everybody in our building. We invited anybody we'd accidentally met on the street or at a store on the corner of the wine shop, whatever. We invited everybody to happy hour. Huh. And uh, every, you know, we're sitting there at 7, 7.30, 8. No one's coming, except my two friends that I knew, right? In okay. Manhattan. And we're thinking, huh, I don't know, maybe this won't work. And then all of a sudden, ding dong, and about 8.30, quarter to 9.00, People started showing up. Then it filled up, and then we were rocking. Ended up literally turning into a dance party, and really? we had so much fun. And around twelve thirty, quarter to one, people started saying, "I'm so sorry, I have to leave so early, but I got to catch a five thirty flight." Stuff like that. And sure. we're like, "Wait a minute!" People's needs for connection and and community and all that Universal. were exactly the same here. But guess what? They get off of work really late. Huh. So it just so looks a little different. Yeah. It looked completely different. Yeah. The topics they wanted to discuss were a little bit different. You know, it's like, oh, well, my job. Blah, blah, blah. But it's like everybody's got a problem with their job. Everybody's got the boss who, you know, yeah. wants too much from them and wants them to overcommit and all that kind of stuff. And so we, we have just found that there is not a context sure. that it won't work, but it, it can look very, very differently. The rhythms of, well, what do you do when you eat or when you, you know, get together or hang out and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's something we have talked about multiple times before is about these, these missional communities living and acting as a family, because that's what the definition is of this. Of the church is family. Yeah. Yeah. But I have to imagine that that everywhere you've been, and I know places I've been, every missional community will have their own like unique flavor to them. A little bit. They all salty. look so different. Yeah, but not every family in life does the same exact thing, right? So that's the way we can look at it. I've is, never seen two families that looked exactly the same. Yeah, that's right. And that's you're zeroing in on really. That's how we begin to identify. Like, oh, what do, what do we do? Like we're going to talk about next week in detail. And and what is this thing really really all about? So every family or missional. Com- 
Mitchell community does everything differently based on, think about just like a family, based yeah. on age and stage of life, yeah. maturity, just like our own kids and our own nuclear families, right? Like when, when we have little babies, there's a rhythm to our life. Yep. But when we have teenagers, it's a very different rhythm. Yeah. Well, your family's broke. It doesn't look like mine. No, we're just different. Yep. We've been doing it longer. Just like a church that's just planting and it's at its first Easter is going to look, feel, smell, taste, do way different things than that church that's been here for 55 years. Sure. And they've got really a lot of maturity, a lot of gray hair sitting there, a lot of young babies being born. It's, yeah. it's all over the map, right? So very it's going to be very, very different. I think one thing that might be important would be that that each missional community does figure out the specific DNA that makes them that unique family, right? That understands mm -hmm. the rhythm of that particular community. How would you best determine the rhythms of that family if you're trying to set a DNA structure to something like a missional community? Well, again, think about family life. Like how, how do you set the rhythms of your family? You know, like it, for one, it sort of starts to happen, right? Yeah. But it's it happens in a way that takes into account everybody's rhythms mm. and their needs. Um, you know, when my grandson Patton or little Caesar, uh, uh, when they're over here, um, because they're babies, they have nap times. Like, yeah. I don't really get to take a nap very often. But when they have a nap, well, we adjust our schedule a little bit here. And the house gets a little bit quieter, sure. right? And this and that and all that, right? And so, wait a minute. Did you just break the family? Is it forever now? That's what we have to do for the next 30 years? We have to do that? We have to stop for a nap time? Well, not once they don't take afternoon naps, we don't. Yeah. And so we tend to often think, oh, you know, um, once you know, give me the pattern and we'll do it. And that, that sort of goes back to our do to be. Yeah. like mentality and distortion, like whatever we do makes us this. Let me just say, if you're in Christ, you are a family, you're his family, yep. and you are a missionary, and you have been sent you know, as a servant like Jesus to make disciples. Sure. And so real quickly, um, we've talked about the six rhythms of life that everybody lives in, yep. and you start thinking about how would we, at our, like what would our DNA for this be? What would our specific version or rhythm of these six rhythms look like getting to know each other's stories, getting to know the stories of our neighbors or people of peace or community. Um, how do, how do we spend time listening to God? Is it holding hands in a circle and praying? Is it through a prayer circle? Is it through an app? Is it private? And then we come mm -hmm. back together and discuss it. How are we listening to God? Uh, eating together. That's one of the six rhythms. Um, how often do we eat? Do we eat meals every day together as a community? Do we have a once a week family dinner night? Do we go ahead and say, well, you know what works for us though is sort of more like a um, happy hour thing, or huh. or maybe we have a breakfast club and we actually get together and have brunch on the weekend. That's what fits our family right now. Yeah. See, right now. But guess what? In two years, your initial community, the rhythms might change. Just like when my grandsons quit taking naps, we're not just going to stop and quiet the household anymore because sure. it's changed. Uh, how are you celebrating? What's the rhythm of your celebrations? Every community is going to be different. Sure. They're going to have different rhythms. So, you know, I encourage people to think through those six basic rhythms of story, listen, eat, celebrate, bless, living as a blessing in a rhythm of blessing, and then recreate or rest to create, like our Sabbathing. Mm -hmm. And you, as you start to engage those six natural rhythms of life that everybody lives in with the gospel through our gospel identity, a pattern will emerge, a rhythm will emerge, yep. and it will change over time. And as you mature, as new people come in, um, I, you know, people say like, well, we started doing this and then we started doing that. And now we're starting to get some speed up and we're starting to get some traction. And then all of a sudden there was all these new people and they didn't understand any of that. So that's why we're a closed group. Sure. Wait a minute. 
That'd be like saying, you know, our two-year-old is finally, you know, walking and sort of feeding themselves and almost out of diapers. We're never having a kid again. That's terrible. Right? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. why not? Because why don't I want to, it's like, we want to live there now. Well, don't you want him to keep maturing or do you want him to stay right there? Almost potty trained or whatever, yeah. you know? And so remember that just like it can work in every context, every context is going to have its own rhythms. Our rhythms in Manhattan, everything shifted later. Okay. We had to go to more asynchronous discipleship, a little more online stuff because people were super busy. Sure. And uh, even though we're, we lived densely, People in the community might have been two train stops away, which felt so close to them, huh. you know, like, you know, on the, on the subway. Sure. But it was really like you're not going to run into them accidentally. You know, so it was yeah, there was a lot of intentionality. Like we had to use the WhatsApp thing where anytime any of us did anything, we just boop, put it out to the group. I'm going here to eat. I'm going here to watch this show. Hey, a guy at work I was telling you about we've been praying about. Yeah. We're going to see his art, you know, art gallery thing tonight. You know, who want, who's in? So huh. we, we had to use some different things to make that, you know, uh, we had no babies. Then all of a sudden there's babies in the mission community. Oh, the rhythms change a little bit. Yeah. Is that a bad thing? Should we close the group? Yeah, no. kick them out no no you don't you don't need to so can it work in every yes but if you think it's a program it'd be like saying can can a family yeah can you have a family in an urban setting well absolutely you can could you have a family in new york absolutely you can could you have a family in in like romania well of course sure. they have families in romania yeah. so once we start to put that lens on it you go oh yeah this can work everywhere if we treat each other like a family. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think one thing that is universal is that this sort of lifestyle is going to be messy, as you said, right? Yes. And anyone who's engaged in a missional community life will know this. Yeah. Uh, I was the first it's one super I... messy because there's so much give and take. Absolutely, man. Just like, is your life messy with four kids at home? Oh, yeah, all the time, yeah. It's, it's one, a constant mess. It's a constant mess. The first missional community I was ever in was with Vanderstelt. And he even, I remember being like at different events he was at, and he's like, hey, just a heads up, this group's falling apart. Like, I'm, I'm out here talking, and, you know, it's messy even in my own situation. Uh, because family is messy. Absolutely. It's, it's part of life. And it's easy to fight and disagree and let the little things rise up and be big yeah. things. Yeah. How would you encourage people who are listening to this show today not to bail when the going gets tough? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... Because against... I've seen that a lot, right? Our friends are like, yeah, we're done with it. Well, that's because we we come to this thing called missional community, and, and unfortunately, we map on previous experiences. Like, people are like, yeah, we're switching churches. Why is that? Yeah, I'm not into the kids' ministry over there. Sure. Consumerism. Yeah. Music's too loud. Music's too loud. It's not loud enough. I don't really like that way that guy preaches. So we, we kind of take that, which is pretty icky and pretty consumeristic, and then we map that onto, you know, I've been in small groups for years. It's like, no, yeah. we're talking about living like a family that embraces the mess, yeah. the divine Enters mess, into right? That, yeah. yeah, because we're going to work on moving from unbelief to belief in every area of life. Yeah. And that only happens in the mess because mm-hmm. if everything was perfect, and exactly the way you wanted it, it wouldn't be the way anybody else wants it. Sure. <laughs> you know? So yeah. by its very nature, living as humans together, we're going to have all of our unbelief and preference and fear of man, all love of self, all that stuff gets sanded on. Sure. Right? If, if I have the remote, I love TV watching. If yeah. I don't, I may or may not. See, you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's how it works. And so I say, first you have to like just, you know, know that a lot of that comes from a consumeristic heart. Sure. I don't really dig this whole thing. Why is that? Because you're being called to die to self so much. Right. Yep. And, and I'll tell you, the other thing is that I have found, especially if you come from uh, any kind of a church background, I'm not saying you had to be born going to church like I was, <laughs> but if you've been going to church for a while, uh, which is probably most of our listeners, there's, there's a lot of that we drag into community life. And then we kind of compare and contrast and go, that's not for me. And mm-hmm. we're doing the same thing to everybody on Sunday. It's just that we can do it 
anonymously. Whereas sure. in community, you can't get away with it. But there's these small shifts in focus. I call it the focus principle, where you've got to make these small shifts in focus in your heart and your head to be able to embrace community. And then you start to see, oh, it's beautiful and doable everywhere. Like we've got to make a shift from thinking, you know, oh, well, community life, it's all about learning the Bible. We got to get our Bible literacy up. No, we have to make the shift to, our focus needs to shift to actual gospel fluency. Hmm. Like are we getting together to learn more historical facts about the Bible or are we getting together to learn how the gospel speaks in every area of life? Yeah, therefore the here and now. Moving yeah. from unbelief to belief. Uh, we need to make a shift that the gospel is primarily about our afterlife to the kingdoms now. And the gospel is for this life. Yeah. Like primarily. Yeah. And bonus, heaven. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, We need to shift our focus on what evangelism and discipleship really are and how they work together. And are they the same thing? Are they different? Is it, you know, um, we, and we have to remember that discipleship's the mission, hmm. right? So um, not a lot of going to church and sitting, unfortunately, in pews on Sunday has a lot to do with discipleship. Yeah. It may be great preaching. It may be great music. It may be the best thing in the world. I've been part of just amazing churches most of my life, but it's not necessarily accomplishing a whole lot of discipleship on Sunday. And we got to remember, we need to shift our focus. It's not to consumeristic this or hearing a great message that, or trying to talk your neighbors into coming or saying a prayer, whatever it's discipleships, the mission. And we, we need to make that, that yep. shift. And by the way, I, it's a time of year as we're entering the fall here, uh, that, um, I'm opening up some coaching slots where people who want to learn how to do this stuff, sure. learn how to make that, all those shifts and begin to embrace community. Um, it, it's, I'm opening up some coaching. So if anybody wants to, you know, be coached and have somebody who's been in a lot of context and taught a lot of people how to do this and help them kind of work through the nuances of their community, I'd love to help. Now we don't have a lot of slots. Sure. I only open up like three cohorts in the fall and a handful of people in each. So if anybody's interested, um, they, I, I'd love to have them, you know, check it out. If they want to check it out, they can just go to one, two, three lifeschool.com slash coaching. Yeah. And there'll be some information there, but I'd say like, if you're hearing this now and you go, Oh, I might be interested in that. You better go now because those slots will fill up. There's just not that many. Sure. Like, we're busy, super busy people. We live in community, but I do offer coaching and generally we do it as couples coaching. Yeah. Right. We just debt. both people on board. Yeah. yeah. So my wife and I'll be involved in the coaching generally with other couples and singles. I'm not sure. saying it's, it's exclusively, but, um, you kind of get both my perspective and, and my wife's perspective, the real missionary in the family. Yeah, so. She's great, man. All right. So let's get to the big three, the big three takeaways, things we want you to walk away with from this episode and you can get them for absolutely free. Free! By going to 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 181. Caesar, what are the big three for this week? Okay, uh, if you get nothing else, um, here's the first one. The primary organizing structure of the church, capital C, is a gospel-centered missional community. Hmm. You just It's the only model or example that we see in Scripture. And you don't have to feel like you are somehow missing out on all that God has for you if you're making missional community life your main thing. Sure. Because that's the 622, as we call it. Six days and 22 hours a week, you still live in community. A couple hours a week, we sit together and hear a sermon and Stare listen to the some back tunes. of people's heads. Yeah, yeah, all that, right? But that's the primary organizing structure. If you're not in a missional community that's like intentionally focused on life together and making making disciples, I would say that you, in fact, are missing out on most of what God has for us. Huh. Okay. Second thing, God desires to shape and mature you to be more like Jesus in community with others. Yeah. Like it was never a Lone Ranger thing or that's how he had made disciples. Yep. Your gifts, experience, and talents are waiting to be used by God to shape others. Mm-hmm. And he himself is waiting to do the same in your life via the life-on-life interactions that you'll have 
with others in community. I already yep. said like, you know, your preferences, your fears, uh, self-love, all that, right? Yeah. And this will not happen sitting alone in rows in silence once a week. Yeah. God intended it to be in community because together we're the body of Christ. Yep. So if you want to be a mature disciple, you're going to need to get into a gospel-centered community living on mission together. Yeah, I agree. And third, um, and I kind of just tip my hand to that, it requires the gospel together in community on mission to produce mature disciples. If you if you lack any one of those three, no gospel and you're just in community hanging out, well, that, that's not the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're not in community, but you go like, well, I, I hear a good message on Sunday, but, um, and I, I've been to some discipleship classes, but I'm not doing it in community, then you're not going to m- grow to maturity. So if any one of the three, gospel, community, mission are, miss- are missing, you're going to see problems and lack maturity, and you'll probably end up pretty externally focused as a group. Yeah. I mean, internally focused as a group. Yeah, man, I agree. I've seen it in my own life that like you do need to rub up against some other people to be sanded down into the image of Jesus. I mean, Give yourself require... away, and that's how you're going to be a maturity. Jesus, if you want to gain your life, lose it, right? Yeah. Lay it down. So, Okay, you get those big three by going to 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 181. And also, Caesar, that coaching for people that want to jump into this, this coaching with you, there are limited spots, but you can sign up now by going to 123lifeschool.com forward slash coaching. Yeah, and we, we'll get together like like weekly on video yeah. and you'd have like literally daily access to me through through emails and like Voxer which is like a walkie talkie thing yeah, and I'll send you videos and critiques and I mean you, I will just walk with you yeah. for the next six months so, so cool man yeah Hey, if you're listening to us and you haven't yet had a chance to review us on iTunes, that is helpful for us. It gets the show out to many more people. You could do it by going to Life School Podcast on iTunes. Give us five stars. Tell us what you like about the show. We'll read your review. Or give us program. four. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone's given us four yet. Let's not start Woo! That. Five stars. All right. <laughs> Join us next week as we talk about maybe like a part two to this. So... Do missional communities work in every setting, which we talked about today? Next, we're going to say, what are you actually supposed to do from week to week in one of these settings? Like, is there a specific pattern? Do we make it up as we go? What's the format we're mail out like? checklists to everybody. Check boxes. Yeah. Lots of lists to check off. <laughs> check them off. So join us for that. It's going to be a fun episode That'll be a fun if we get episode. into more of the nitty-gritty of it. Uh, thanks for joining us on today's show. For more information, you can visit 123lifeschool.com forward slash podcast. Oh,